Hi, welcome to the Penis Project podcast. This is the place to come to find out everything you've always wanted to know about men's health but were too embarrassed to ask. Join physiotherapist Dr. Joe Milios and sexologist nurse practitioner Melissa Hadley Barrett as they talk to real men and the experts about men's private parts. Have a burning question you really want to know the answer to? Please subscribe to our website at thepenisproject.org and ask us. The strength, the more time I've got for you. There's too much talking, texting, tweeting, posting. Too much noise altogether. In silence is strength and peace and space. Imagine silence forever. The Penis Project podcast is proudly supported and sponsored by Prost, Exercise for Prostate Cancer Incorporated, a not-for-profit charity set up in 2012 by myself. Dr. Joe Millions. If you want to know any more information about Prost, including our online service now available, please just go to prost.com.au. Prost means cheers to your health. So, Prost to you. So stop for a second and listen. It's not silent at all. Yeah, yeah. 51st podcast. Yes. So, Jojo, what, what are we going to talk about today? I think it would be really good to share with the listeners about how this all came about. So, do you remember we were in COVID and we couldn't see patients? We were doing quite a few Zoom calls and telephone calls. And personally, I found that lack of direct interaction with people quite um, isolating and it meant that you and me, though, we had time to have a bit more of a chat up and down the corridors of our shared clinical space. And um, that was pretty good fun because I got to know you. I didn't know you that well, but we realised we had so many similarities and a complete fascination in men. And, and then we <laughs> kept having these crossovers because we'd share a lot of um, patients with our urologist, you looking after sexual function and me, the continence care primarily. And um, we just had some funny stories and we kept laughing and laughing and laughing. And we almost like simultaneously said, we should do a podcast series. And and um, then we got to busy with it. Yeah. And it's been great. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I've learned so much from the people we've interviewed, the patients and the specialists in the field. Like it's just been a really great learning curve for me. Yeah. And I think um, what we've tried to do is be really spontaneous. So you might not know, but we had absolutely no idea on how to put all this together. We contacted a couple of people and we had a lot of assistance from some um, young generation people who are pretty savvy in IT because our, our sound system was pretty pathetic at the beginning and we um, had a few situations where we did wonderful interviews and forgot to record, <laughs> press record. Yep. <laughs> that was Melissa's fault. Yes, um, that was definitely my fault. I take all the technical responsibility. And then we, you got busy with like, downloading a whole lot of um, podcasts, put together your own podcast, research the equipment. I went to JB Hi-Fi and bought some microphones that ended up not being so good. So 
on the technical aspect of it, we're, we're medical people. So. <laughs> so we ended up, we had a very fantastic patient of ours who we hope is listening, who's very young and technically savvy. Mm. So he told us what to get and then I sent um, Roger the resident penis, my husband, off to, um, his name's not Roger by the way, <laughs> off to um, purchase the equipment because he's quite... Um, anally retentive about these things and actually is very detailed. So he got us all the perfect equipment. So hopefully the sound is much better than if you listen to the early stages now. Mm, we're pretty proud of that. And also we we had the opportunity early on to potentially work with um, someone like the ABC, but because of COVID that conversation kind of stopped bef- once it only just had just got started. So we dove in and, and tried to do it on our own. And um, then, you know, you had your daughter drawing the um, penis project <laughs> podcast i had my son's best friend being our producer so we just hooked into our innermost circles and yeah we've come up with with 51 episodes yeah which is amazing and i and we've got heaps more ideas and i really would like to thank our audience because Mm. they've been so amazing at giving us suggestions of things they'd like to hear about so as the next year evolves please send any emails of anything that you would like us to talk more about or we haven't mentioned that you would like to find out about and I know that many of our listeners are quite avid readers and they come up with things that they often saying to me things I've never even heard of that we found out about so like the Dr Dangerfield that was a request from two of our listeners which was fantastic and we learned a lot from that and that was episode 46 and to me that's going to change the face of men's health and erectile function you know it, it is yeah it's really exciting a world first yeah it's mm. very exciting so um Jojo, let's look at our favourite episodes. What do you think? What's what's that talk about yours? What are your favourite? Well, this has been um, something that's been hard to actually choose, Melissa. Um, by the way, Melissa is known as Prudence to me, and I'm known <laughs> as Putana. Putana. We'll leave you to look that one up. <laughs> um, so we had the early concept to use the word P to. Um, the penis project, a bit of a play on words, and all things P in men's health was the longer version. So we asked men to come in and choose a name starting with P. So we've had Parker and Paul and Peter and Pablo and all of those. So those names are anonymous so that the guys could, you know, have their identities protected. But sometimes guys were quite happy to share their own names. So it was really tricky for me. But I really loved the chat that we had with Prince, episode seven, he was uh, a 19-year-old young guy who developed a sexual injury and ended up with Peyronie's disease. And, you know, he came into my clinic with his mum and they together worked out a plan to get assistance for him very early on. And it was very touching because at the time my own 19-year-old son was having some health issues and in hospital and it was quite confronting for me. And um, he had no hesitation in coming in with his mum, Penelope, to be interviewed by us. And it was all about how, you know, psychologically he was affected by the fact that he had trauma in his penis and a bend in his penis and how he was very frightened that he wouldn't be able to have that ongoing sexual interaction with his new girlfriend and it was such a positive story because it was all about diagnosing this situation early the fact that he went to talk to his mum she got a GP involved then they had scans and they didn't even have to go through a specialist as win three or four treatments we'd fixed up the problem so this is the new frontier I think this is what I love about working with young people that it's a much more open world and it's okay to talk about 
it's okay not to be okay. And, you know, just yesterday it was Are You Okay Day and that started in 2009 and we didn't really have conversations as openly as this, you know, 10, 12 years ago. So I just think it was incredibly brave from this young man, Prince, and, and for his mum. Um, what did you think of that episode? I loved it. I loved the fact that he was had such a good and open relationship with his mother. Like mm. I think she should be really proud that she was able to have that relationship with him really, mm. that they could talk about that so clearly. And the other really interesting thing is I think over the last 12 months we've talked about Peronis on three or four occasions yeah. and each time there's been a slightly different angle to how the problem evolved boom, boom. and the treatment. <laughs> yeah, different angle. angle. I didn't even mean that. <laughs> um, and I think that's been great because we've heard about it from a lot of different – and also we've had a l- I've had a lot of patients book in to see me listening to the podcast about – Peroni. Well, that's really interesting you say that because in that podcast, because I listened again this morning, you said, oh, I don't really see patients with Peronis. I don't really know much about it. And Prince's GP had only seen one case before in her 25-year career. But the fact is it affects 10% of men at least. Mm. And so it's much more common. It's just been hidden. And it's a difficult, um, you know, condition to treat. So, you know, there's a lot of mental health, depression and anxiety associated with it. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. Like I hadn't seen it at all before and then since we started this podcast, I've and seen it. And until you met me. And until I met <laughs> you. Now there's corkscrew penises everywhere in my life. But um, <laughs> no, I've and I think a lot of those referrals have either come from you or they've come from people who have listened to the podcast yep. and then yep. they've rung up and booked in, which is fantastic because that just shows that we're getting a bit of reach and hopefully we're treating more people because they're knowing that what they've got can be treated. And, and the ultimate aim for me was to try and demystify or debunk the fears around this and to just know know your body, check in, you know, often, if you notice any changes, go to your doctor faster. Don't hold back because always the earlier you, you can treat something or diagnose something, the better the outcome's going to be, whatever, you th- whatever you're addressing. Yeah. So I, my favourite episode, I've had the same problem as you. It was so hard to choose. I really love the... F- I probably prefer the ones where we've actually interviewed patients yeah. because I love the patient story. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, you know, when you go to a doctor or a nurse or a sexologist or a physio or whatever, we you're getting that really professional viewpoint of yeah. the issue. And it's so nice to hear the real life story. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Um, I really liked our episode on PTSD. With uh, Parry. With Parry. I thought that was brilliant. I loved the fact that he was so open and honest. That was episode eight if anyone wants to check in and PTSD with Parry. Mm. Yeah, I really loved that. And I think probably the other one I recommend the most to people um, is the two Parkers, Mr. and Mrs. Parker, because I love the fact that we have the male and the female point of view. Mm-hmm. I think that is great. So Parker was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Yes. And then his wife was very happy to come in. They came in separately, didn't they? Yeah, and if they'd only been married five months previous to the diagnosis, so Mm. their whole, you know, the whole sexual function was quite important at that early stage. They were still in their limerence phase of their relationship. So I think that was really important and it was great to hear how they dealt with that from the both different angles. Mm. So that was our very first episode, Mm. Um, Parker, number one, and then Mrs Parker was number 23 if anyone wants to tune back in. But it's the relationship stuff. You know, obviously this was born out of a lot of patients that we see with prostate cancer, but we've um, probably not paid enough attention to the partner perspective um, in this diagnosis and they really have a voice too because it's a couple's thing because – 
you know, their, their male partners are distressed. They're wearing consonance pads. They're leaking. That's very foreign. They've got cancer. They've got erectile dysfunction. Their penises don't work. And so every facet of their 24-hour survivorship is completely different from the time they have their treatment, mm. you know, to varying levels of um, effect. But um, the mental stuff is huge. Uh, yeah, and I think that moving forward in the next 12 months, uh, there's a big shout out to any partners who are listening of men with prostate cancer. We would love to interview you on your journey. Or even Peroni's disease or yeah, anything. Any, any partner of someone with one of these penis problems because... Yep. I actually did have a conversation only a couple of weeks ago with a patient's wife and she was saying how she actually felt really excluded from the whole journey and yeah. she really wishes that she had been more involved. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought, you know, t- and I did actually ask her if she'd like to be interviewed and she's thinking about it. But I think that's a really important subject for us to talk about and, to you know, there's a whole lot of reasons I'm sure why men don't involve their partners in the journey and, you know, some men do, some men don't. And I think it would be great to hear more about the partner perspective because it is something perhaps we haven't gone enough into enough detail on. Yeah, well, I think one of my other favourite episodes was with Professor Suzanne Chambers and she was the um, psychologist that mm. wrote the book Facing the Tiger and you now stock her, her, yes, her yep. books on your website. But that was like a liberating conversation for me to have because the whole time we were chatting with her I was just so inspired by the way she's actually transformed the understanding from the psychological perspective and, you know, even been involved in research that has helped develop um, tools for assessment for health practitioners. And, um, you know, that's the bit that I feel we have a responsibility with as healthcare workers because we have these physical problems and you and I provide medications and physical solutions and, and the surgeons do as well but it's what's left behind and how the patients then put life back together afterwards that um, if we do well it's a breeze for them but if there's struggles who knows you know the impact and we've had those conversations we've talked about the black dog we've we've probably we've talked about um, the suicide of our Claire Eldley's son and uh, a whole range of things that this whole sort of talking therapy and the understanding and the sharing and the you know I guess just trying to make the whole process easier is is yeah I think that whole morbidity versus mortality thing so you know mortality like we we are so good now in medicine at moving forward and fixing people's illnesses Mm. but then we're not that great at dealing with their quality of life afterwards and I think that's needs we need more and more time and energy spent from health professionals and the patients themselves and their families in concentrating on it's not just about getting rid of the disease it's also about that quality of life that follows on and that was the focus of my PhD because I felt that like 50% of the patients that I saw were going along in life pretty well afterwards but the other 50% were quite in despair but that was way back in 2011 and 10 years on I'm you know proud to say that things have changed we've got lots more collaboration like Back then we weren't even involving, you know, Melissa and sexual health doctors as part of the preparation mm. um, and follow-up. It was not even a conversation urologists were comfortable having themselves. So 
um, you know, it's pretty awesome the way things change. And that brings me to something. So um, from all, from the podcast, you've made some interesting inroads into new research areas that you're going into, haven't you? Because you've met. So that's kind of exciting thing coming forward for you as the year, as the next year moves in. Yeah, I, I actually, having finished my research, um, th- that's a bit of a, an exciting time in life because you get to travel and you get to share, um, you get to meet amazing minds but obviously with COVID, that all kind of stopped. So I ended up doing quite a lot of Zoom um, presentations instead of travelling to conferences this year, as did a lot of the world. But what happened then was we got to stop and look at some gaps. So um, with uh, Ryan Stafford, uh, Dr Ryan Stafford uh, from the University of Queensland, who's now relocated to Perth, we've actually started some research on looking at radiation patients and their pelvic floor dysfunction. And um, we're working with a team from Philips who are helping us hopefully um, establish a new service in the long run where we'll be able to identify um, all uh, problems with the pelvic floor from a radiological perspective as well. So that's just a conversation I've had this week. But building on from our discussion with Dr Dangerfield, I had another hour chat with him afterwards. And like I said earlier, this is going to change men's health. What did you think of that chat? I thought it was great, actually. Um, it's interesting. Probably the Dr. Dangerfield and the Jason Oates um, one, I both had the same attitude. They were, were both things that I think it's easy to say, oh, no, that won't work. Um, and then when you actually delve into it and you speak to the people who are doing these procedures, it's like, wow, that's actually game-changing. And that's that was really valuable for me just to change my viewpoint and, and, and find out more information. And I just think that's such an exciting area that has a lot of promise and, you know, hopefully that research will continue and, and that will be become, mm. you know, an available treatment to a lot of so men. So if we explain what it is and I'll, I'll try and – because it's actually been um, – was written up in the Australian Financial Review in 2019 based on the first study. So what happened was these guys, Dr Dangerfield and Dr um, Chris Coombs from Melbourne, they um, just – um, learnt from another Brazilian, um, I think it was a plastic surgeon, um, of a technique that regained erectile function in men after radical prostatectomy, but not many cases have been done. So they came back to Melbourne and worked together and tried to perfect the technique. And then they had 25 cases initially that they had published in the European Urology Journal, which was a pretty you know, high-ranking journal. And that kind of uh, was met with a bit of scepticism because it was a small number, really, 25 cases. But literally what they're doing in men who don't have their erectile function return or never had the opportunity to have their nerves spared um, following that radical prostatectomy, they are taking a nerve out of the cuff called the sural nerve, which is a sensory nerve, and they're basically feeding it in through the femoral nerve at the top of the thigh into the penis and then over a period of six to 18 months it's regenerating I think David said at one millimeter per week the nerve recovery occurs and then men are regaining their erectile function and it was like 71 percent in that first group yeah it was very impressive the stats wasn't it with some of them having no erectile function for 12 years yeah it was exciting they've done another hundred since then and they've got very similar results i think it was 64 percent success rate wasn't Mm. it yeah so um you know moving forward they want to potentially get some more centers that will be able to replicate the results so that it becomes a mainstream treatment option but you know, this is something that I've really taken on board actually because I've always been able to say to guys, continence-wise, 
99% of the time I'll be able to fix you with pelvic floor training but you have to give it a year and then the surgeons will do that. So that was our results from our trial. Only one man out of 100 needed follow-up surgery. So that's my results. Generally it's sort of 95%. Um, but the sexual function after prostatectomy, it's best results written up in research says 22% get their function back at two years yeah. regardless of the approach. But however though, I, I don't agree with that statistic in real life because I think the, the data on that is quite old. And real life, it teaches us everything, doesn't it, Melissa? Yeah. Like, I did a talk last week and the first thing I said was, yes, I'm presenting my PhD, but humans aren't lab rats. Mm. You know, every single patient that we work with is a is 100% number. And I think me. also there's that, you know, five plus year lag when research becomes, you know, published yeah. and, you know, five years in medicine now is such a very long time. And mm. so, you know, like I'm definitely seeing over 50% recovery and I would say as high as late 60s, 70% recovery mm. in many patients getting back after prostate surgery, after robotic surgery to their pre-op function. Yeah. And that just isn't reflected in the data at the moment. And I no. just think that's because of the lag. And that's another reason why, you know, it's not funded through health funds yet because they haven't been able to prove in research that it's superior. But for those who work in it every day, we, we, we know that it is. Yeah. Um, and it's... And it's similar, frustrating. and yeah. it's also similar with the radiation statistics mm. because you know there's more targeted radiation now, and the yeah. research hasn't caught up with that. Yeah. The published research, so you know, I think it can be really disheartening for people when they look at that research, and then mm. and then you, you've just always got to keep in mind that for every paper that says something is better, something else counteracts it, and for every statistic, there usually there's a lag, a lag time. Yeah, and I quote that in my own. Like, there's something called the Cochrane Review, so. Even though pelvic floor training is the mainstay of treatment that urologists send their patients to physios for in this field, the Cochrane reviews say it's unsupported. Can't it doesn't work? But they say the penile clamps do work, mm. and lots of patients get told don't do the penile clamp from the urologists. And I'm like, well, it actually helps pelvic floor training. It's actually recommended. <laughs> so yeah. fortunately, through research, we've been able to change that um, now. But I wanted to also just mention the health professionals that we've actually had the opportunity. So we had Professor Declan Murphy, who's just like the leading light globally in prostate cancer management. We had Craig Allingham, physiotherapist, who wrote the MAP book. We've even had um, a number of local urologists. Um, we've had Shane LaBianca, who you interviewed. Tom Shannon. Tom Shannon. We had the GP, Stephen Adams. Oh, Stephen's been great, hasn't he? He's yeah. talking about he's circumcision. And talked about a few. He's watching. been on a couple of times, so he's been great. Well, yeah, we've had lots of specialists, haven't we, as well. It's been a really great year. It's mm. been really good. So moving forward, what 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 do you think? Oh, actually, there was something else. There was a couple of other exciting things I thought we should mention in our yeah. anniversary special. Yeah. One was our nomination and we were a finalist in the Australian Men's Health Forum Awards mm. for Best Content, which was great. We also uh, – the other thing that's come out of the podcast from my point of view that's really exciting is that I've made a connection with Boston Scientific, who is a company, and they've um, found out some names of – patients who they're going to use as patient advocates for them. Oh, really? So I've Who's hooked Boston, them up. What does Boston Scientific do? Boston Scientific are a health company that um, in this area of interest they make penile implants. Ah. 
And um, they were wanting some patient advocates, not just that, not ones necessarily that had implants, but yep. just that could give information and talk to men about erectile dysfunction oh, and David other Sando issues. David Sando would love to do that. Yeah, so I've given a couple of um, okay. people's names. So, so yeah, David we should Sando was the foremost uh, chair of the Prostate Cancer Foundation. Yes, we definitely. He's had two penile implants and I actually sent him an email yesterday. Perfect. So we should, I should suggest him because I haven't suggested him, but I did suggest two of our other people who have been on our podcast that okay. have used other names. And um, so they've hooked up with Boston Scientific and I think that's really exciting because they're also now jumping on board of the whole patient advocate episode. So that's been an exciting thing for me that's come out of the podcast. Mm, that's awesome. And I've got some different things. So we interviewed Lena... Lunatic Lena about the <laughs> Bins for Blokes campaign and since then the Bins for Blokes campaign has been launched nationally and in July, um, we, in during, sorry, June it was, June 21st, World Continence Week, we actually launched the Bins for Blokes campaign at the WACA, the West Australian Cricket Ground. So the CEO, Christina Matthews, was really helpful in enabling us to work that out because, again, it was lockdown across Australia. We wanted men's hygiene facilities um, to be provided in public toilets and that is a national campaign and the Continents Foundation of Australia and the um, City of East uh, Perth Rotary Group helped me with that. So that's a community outcome that, you know, there's lots of pieces to the puzzle but we had been working on that for two and a half years and, and Lena was pivotal in all of that. The other thing is in one of our recent episodes with Darren Brown from the UK, we had a chat about long COVID and we haven't seen um, the consequences of long COVID um, in Australia, but tide is changing and uh, it's a really important um, episode to listen to as well. So that's yeah. a bit of a community. Uh, it was. And I loved that episode for no other reason than I just think that when you hear this whole shall I be vaccinated, shall I not be, this whole COVID argument, there is really, it's missing that conversation about long COVID. Mm. And I think, you know, people really need to consider that, you know, like if anyone knows anyone who's got um, chronic fatigue after having glandular fever, for instance. Or even erectile dysfunction. Yeah. <laughs> and I just think that's such a exciting, you know, area that people need education in and also I just think the public health message is missed. I'm sure if we yeah. went out there and told all these young men that if they got vaccinated they might prevent themselves getting early onset erectile dysfunction, we'd have way higher immunisation rates. What do you think? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so no doubt about it. Yeah. Like, um, who would who would think that you could even get Peroni's disease from um, the vascular changes that occur because of the long COVID affecting or COVID are acutely affecting the endothelia. So every single lining cell of the body is, is affected in the gaseous exchange of, um, you know, healthy oxygenated tissue functions. So, yeah, so that was that was a great episode. I, I really enjoyed listening to that. Mm. So that was good. So, yeah, as I say, I think it's been fantastic for, for me and you. We've learnt a lot as much, hopefully, as other people have learnt from us. Mm. And um, the exciting statistic is we've got... Over 30,000 downloads now, mm. which is really exciting. And when we, when I look at, analyse the places people are, there's people, a lot of people in Australia, obviously, but there's people in Israel, Canada, America, New the UK, New Zealand and South Africa. We've got quite a lot of people. Surprising amount of people in Israel, which I think might be to do with oh. the fact that you've done some education yeah, I've there. Yeah, quite a bit, yeah. yeah. And um, I've this year released my renal, um, penile 
uh, penile rehabilitation program online mm. and that's been released mainly in America and since I've released that our like um, people listening in America has gone up a lot so I think actually I'd really like to mention Victoria Cullen here because oh, brilliant you know yeah. she's um, been a wonderful support for us but she runs the uh, a touchy subject um, website and uh, can you tell us a little bit more about Victoria's site because you're working with her a little bit more at the yeah, moment. Yeah, so Victoria is a um, psychologist, sexologist based over east of, of Australia and she's a fantastic resource. She has this really great YouTube channel called A Touchy Subject and she puts out a lot of really valuable content. So she talks a lot about um, prostate cancer, rehabilitation from a psychological and a physical aspect mm-hmm. and she's very prolific with preve- – like. Um, promoting and putting out really great content. So yeah, high quality. Yeah. So I'd really encourage anybody who's looking for more information to go to a touchy subject um, on their YouTube channel and she also has a website and a blog and other things. But the YouTube is fantastic. Yeah. So she's great. And yeah, we're working together at the moment on um, she has a really great program, online program as well called the Pleasure Project or something. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that is talking all about pleasure and how, you know, sex is so much more than just intercourse. And that's a fantastic program. So I think um, having a look at that is good. And she's also going to start um, talking a bit about the penile rehabilitation program that I've developed because she's um, had a look at it and she's wanting to support that as well for people to use. So that's really exciting. She's been um, a very good resource for me and a good mentor really. Mm, yeah. And I met her at one of the prostate cancer conferences a couple of years ago and it was really interesting actually because last week's episode, episode 50, was in dedication to my colleague, psychologist uh, Patrick Lumboso, who actually started a lot of this work and Victoria's really helped fill the gap actually because he was um, just a leading light in based in Sydney and it, he'd called his psychology practice man-focused psychology and, um, you know, as, as you've probably listened in episode four and episode 50 of last week, he really had a wonderful compassion for his patients and it was all about trying to improve relationships after prostate cancer diagnosis but, uh, you know, sexual function more broadly. And uh, as a psychologist he had his own experience suddenly come upon him which was brain cancer and he couldn't finish his PhD and and it was really important to me that we continued his legacy so uh, he let me record him for a few hours prior to his passing and uh, it's really quite um, – I'm even emotional now. It's his uh, fourth anniversary since his passing on September 11th and for his family I just really wanted to make sure that his voice still gets heard. So um, I want to thank you, Melissa, for letting me um, share that because uh, Patrick was ahead of his game. He was a feisty guy. He's didn't hold back in any conversation I ever had with him um, listening to his podcast, I'm still giggling at all his funny jokes and you even had patients yesterday. <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, I had yeah. two patients come in and say, oh, I love this morning's podcast and, and gave me different quotes from Patrick, which I thought was lovely. Yeah. So Patrick um, was one of the names that uh, meant a lot to me, starting with P, and so that was another reason behind Now, Do you remember why, what we wanted to call our podcast series, Melissa? No. What was your preferred name? I wanted to call it the Willy Whisperers. And I was... I can't remember. I was like wanting to call it two peas In a pod. Cast. That's right. <laughs> but that name had already been taken about five times. That's right. So we did a little Google search and realised that it was 
well, I knew that the most looked up internet topic was penis length. Yes. Of all search engine topics. But there was no podcast with the name penis in it. And um, we came up with all sorts of words. We interviewed our husbands, my yoga class. And then we got the word penis in it and then project and PP and then Patrick and Parker and all those names evolved. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a great year. Um, so moving forward, I think what we're going to do for the next year is perhaps have fortnightly. Oh no, Joe's shaking her head. Why we're we going? We're, we're sticking with the one a week <laughs> episode. We're excited. So we're going to stick with the one a week episode. So tune in every week. That's fantastic. We haven't had that conversation, but I'm shaking my head. I'm like, Melissa, I've got so many like people who want to come and talk and excellent um, no that's exciting so we will keep producing (laughs) once a week which is great and we just want to again please send us any subjects that we haven't covered that you would like us to cover feel free to email us on info at thepenisproject.org as in organ i still love that still makes me laugh or orgasm excellent um and yeah that's all i have to say just i just want to thank you all so much from for listening and being supportive of us and our project and sharing don't forget to share because um this is a really helpful way that guys can tune in or their partners or whoever it might be of all age groups just to get familiar with some topics in the privacy of your own earbuds. Oh, and also I've been listening to lots <laughs> of other podcasts and I noticed that. that everybody says at the end, don't forget to review and subscribe. So <laughs> I'm just going to add that in. Please don't forget to review and subscribe. <laughs> Thank you, Prudence. <laughs> Thanks very much, Putana. It's been a great year and um, hopefully we'll look forward to you all listening for the rest of the year. Thanks a lot. And I can't help but close with prost, which means to your health. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Gonna tell you about a boy who lives inside me. He's been there all of my life. So, Penis Project podcasters, we just want to say thanks very much for being with us for the last 52 weeks and this is our 12-month episode. So, it's very exciting. We can't believe we've got here already. And as our way of saying thanks to everyone who have supported and listened to us, we'd like to give you a little gift. You can have 15% off when you shop online through our website. This is our highest discount offer since we first opened. Please go to the shop at rshealth.com.au. And you can use the code PENIS365. That's P-E-N-I-S 365 at the checkout. We've got lots of bundles and other products for you to choose from. Hope you like it. Thanks very much. And please check out our show notes to see all the available links. Thanks very much. Bye. It fills me with pride To see him growing so fast into a man Become mine. I cry his tears, his loves break my heart. I feel his pain, and I remember another boy died at 15, burned so bright for a while, then was gone. Through the sadness and the sorrow of those dread dark days. I learned to value each and every one Of those warm afternoons Boys on their bikes Shooting stones at each other through the trees
going down of the sun. We're just having too much fun. <laughs>